Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition, chapter, episode. Somebody send me an email and tell me what I'm actually doing here. I've been babbling about this since last November 1, and I, I can't get it straight, and it just pops in my head without notes. But anyway, today we have no Johnny G, no freaking monkey, or as Johnny G likes to say, no Z. And I don't think Debugger's in town, but like I said, there's a rumor that her and her sister are going to show up one of these days. Oh, boy. Anyway, today I have uh, Dr. Dan, or Dan Waters, here with me in the studio. He is a retired cardiac surgeon, and now he writes novels. Is that correct? Amongst other things, but Amongst... novels is my new thing. Yeah, yeah. So how did you get... Should we give him applause? There we go. Golf clap, golf clap. Okay, so when did you get this bug to be a writer? Oh, I've been writing since I was a kid. I, I loved stories when I was a kid. My, my parents were, were, I don't think they were unique, but, you know, television was kind of, there wasn't the entertainment stuff there is for today, but I got read to a lot from when I was little. Oh, okay. And so I learned to appreciate stories. Um, when I was little, I was a latchkey kid. You know, both my parents worked, and so I'd let myself in. And, you know, I wouldn't do what I was supposed to do. i just watch cartoons. Well, you were a kid, right? Yeah, i watch cartoons and old movies. But think about it. Cartoons are very, very short stories. They have a beginning, they have a middle, they, they have do. a kind of a little plot, and they're fun. And so between that and comic books and, uh, you know, what was on television for kids at the time, which was nothing like it is today, I just thought, man, stories are just the best, you know, and they would read to me. And then one time I... First story I ever wrote, I was probably about 11 or 12. It was horrible, but, you know. But like my first podcast. Yeah, but it was fun. I mean, you'd see the words, and you'd see your name, and, and so I just kept at it. I kept at it, and, you know, finally I got published and thought, man, reasonably good at this. I'm not terrible anyway. You know, usually at the end of my show, I have a quote that I put out. But what you just said really resonates with today's quote, so I'm going off protocol since I have no producer, nobody writing me a paycheck. I'm just going to do it. Success doesn't come from what you do occasionally. It comes from what you do consistently. I think that's, I, 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 I couldn't say it better. Here's proof. Dr. Dan right here. He started when he was young and he just, just evolved, yeah. Yeah. So, so when you're writing, do you like get in a zone, or do you have a schedule, or do you all of a sudden you're you're dumping down coffee like a madman? Or tell me, I don't know anything about writers. I'm a talker. Um, it, it just really depends. You know, it all starts with kind of an idea. You know, just and it, it could be from anything. I could hear a song lyric, or I could see a thing on a billboard, or something, and just something resonates. It just pops in my head. And then it marinates for a while, you know, so I think about that. A lot of times when I write, I don't do outlines, I don't do um, post-it notes, I don't do easel boards, and I don't necessarily know where a story's going to go right. until I'm sitting down writing it. And I, and I usually will go on a writing jag because um, I'm, I'm a visual thinker, visual learner, so when I write, I'm sort of describing what I see and hear in my head. And uh, sometimes you just have to keep writing until you've used all that up. Ladies and gentlemen, you should be glad I'm not a writer because what I see in my head sometimes should not be put on paper. Now, do you use do you use old school cursive? Do you use a computer? Do you use Mac? Do you use Windows? The, the first thing I ever had 
published, I had sat down and wrote long, written longhand, but you know that was back in the in the eighties, uh, you know, late seventies. Um, word processing. Yeah, but you're only going to celebrate your forty ninth birthday next month. Yeah, is that for right? The you know nineteenth or time or so. Yeah, whatever. Like okay, I'm sorry I interrupted. <laughs> but uh, um, no, I sit down. I do everything on uh, on Microsoft Word. Uh, okay. Editing is easier, uh, and plus, I because my novels are historical in sense. I hate to say it; they're fifty years ago when I was seventeen. So um, that's historical by definition. Um, it also allows me to do all my research because I'm kind of a stickler when I write about places and things. Um, people are people notice, you know. Yeah. They don't don't do the work. So. So yeah, I, I so I've just gotten used to writing on the computer. Yeah. So so a retired cardiology surgeon, if I got that right, what does he do when he's not writing? Any darn thing I want. Well, there you go. <laughs> Why? There, I have a lot of jealous listeners right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I spent I was I was a doc for forty some years. I was a heart surgeon for thirty years. You know, high stress position. Uh, you know, on call you know, 90% of the time. So, you know, just being not under the gun anymore is uh, it's a real relief. But, you know, they tell people who are nearing retirement and ask me for advice, I just say, you know, I, I don't have a schedule, but I do have a plan. So, I, you know, I always find something to do. Um, writing is intellectually engaging, but I become a squeegee master for the house windows. Oh, and, right. uh, you know, jobs I used to like, oh God, I really don't want to do it now. It's something to do and sometimes I'll parcel out something to do over a couple of days. Why wouldn't you? Right? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So I forgot at the beginning to tell this story because I think it's pretty funny how I met you. <laughs> so we met and I don't know if you remember this or not so put it in reverse ladies and gentlemen back to the pretend you're at the beginning of the show but that's the way my mind works um, without notes. Um, I was at the gym and you were on an elliptical and we were my trainer and I that was 50 pounds ago thank you very much everybody can applaud um, he says it was a Monday and he goes how was your weekend Ed I said oh, it was pretty good thanks he says how was your diet I said well it was really good until my wife took me out for ice cream in the convertible last night and all of a sudden this voice that was huffing and puffing on the elliptical my guest today said, you know, happy people live longer too. Yeah, yeah I use that line a lot. You know, I mean, you know, happiness occasionally has to be moderated, but, you know, there's just some things in life are worth doing. You know, I mean, if you, I, I, you know, people used to say, well, what kind of diet? And I was like, you know, something sensible. I said, you know, nobody lives on roots and berries and tree bark and Yeah, kale, even Ewell you know? Gibbons died, right? Huh? Even well, yeah, some of the most fit human beings on, on the planet dropped dead. Yeah. You know, Death and um, taxes, two yeah, things we can't yeah. I saw a t-shirt one time, it said, uh, eat right, exercise, die anyway. <laughs> and I, I don't think they necessarily have to take that, but I firmly believe, you know, I just, happy people live longer, um, you know, and I, it's, it's, it's not just a truism, you know, I mean, if you want to have a piece of pizza once in a while because it makes you happy or a steak, it's, it, that's not going to kill you. Right, right. Everything in moderation, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you want me to pour you another beer? Oh, you don't have a you don't you're not Johnny G. You don't have a beer sitting in front of you. Good old good old H two O. Yeah. So, how many books have you written? And a follow up to that is, which one's your favorite? Oh gosh, 
gosh. Uh, I've written six novels. The sixth one came out this summer. Uh, five of them are set at the Jersey Shore, kind of down where I grew up. Um, it's And not the Jersey Shore that was on MTV. That's all made up. Yeah. Pro provocatory stuff. But um, <clears throat> the Jersey Shore that I remember, you know, when Bruce, Sting Bruce Springsteen sings about the shore, that's the one he's talking about. You know, the two-lane highways and Highway 9 and right. stuff. Right. Um, so five of them are set there, beginning in 1967. The last book was set in 1976, Bicentennial Summer. And then I have one medical thriller, which I set in Seattle. And uh, uh, those have all been in the last five years. Um, but my publishing history goes back to 1981. I had a story published in a magazine, medical student magazine. Okay. And, you know, I saw the story. I saw my name in print. and. You know, ink is pretty addictive. <laughs> so well, even sitting behind a microphone is, because I've been at this since November 1, and I, I like I told you when I gave you a tour here, uh, I may be building a new studio in the house, and uh, yeah, I'm go I've, got a, I've got a plan for November 1, my anniversary. Uh, yeah. Just for the anniversary, you need to get a little one of those light-up on-air signs. I mean, I think that's what you want. Is, is that what I want? Yeah, that's, yeah so I think that's the mark of a true professional from a, a bygone era. Talk about new professionals. As we were messaging back and forth before this interview, you were going to wear a tweed jacket with patches on the... On the, uh, on the elbows and on perhaps the elbow. wearing a pipe, you know, trying to look as, as English professory as possible. Yeah, yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, man, going to wear a monocle? And he told me that was over the top so you know we had to go with that yeah so so your stories that you write about some of its life experiences or observations is that right I've not read one of your books I'm sorry my wife has I have not yeah I th everybody I mean I think good you know Mark Twain's famous possibly misquoted quote was you know write what you know or write what you've experienced, you know, and, and I think one of the things is, you know, you a little bit have to have a novelist's eye, you know, you have to be on the lookout constantly for little details, that's what makes a book memorable, I think, is, uh, is the details. I mean, you have to have good plot and likable characters, but, so I just, you know, I, I mean, I, I was down the shore every time I could get, my parents took me from when I was little, and yeah. I met people, and I, the coolest places, the diving horse, the diving bell, saltwater taffy. I mean, those were those were staples of growing up in New Jersey, you know. Wow, so, you had an interesting childhood. Now you're here in Clear Lake, Iowa, telling me how windy it is out on the lake today. Yeah, well, you know, you got you got to kind of roll with the punches. Like I always uh, I always tell younger people, you know, your life is not going to come with turn by turn directions. That's true. You got to be able to there's an ebb and flow about life. You need to be able to, you know, when we're the old GPS's recalculate. I remember. I can still confuse the lady in my dash. In fact, I'm headed to Minneapolis tomorrow on business, and there's a good chance she will get confused. Yeah. So, what is your what is your goal on on this? Are you do you have a goal like I'm going to write X number? <clears throat> excuse me, X number of books. You know, ten more books, and then I'm going to be old enough or tired enough? Do you have it, put any expectations like that or do you just, you're just going to no, see then, how it goes? Then it would be kind of like a job. And, you know, I had, a, I had a really intense job for a really long time, so I didn't need another job. I, I think I would stop if it stopped being fun or if people said, you know, you should really stop writing <laughs> because it's really gotten terrible, you know. That, but, you know, I mean, already I have, you know, I mean, readers that, 
you know, email me. It's like, well, when's the next book coming out? I was like, well, I just got done this one. Well, hurry up and write another one. Like, it, it takes more than a week, you know? Yeah, how long does a book take? Months. Months? Yeah, you want to write a book. I mean, the average book's 90,000, 100,000 words. You know, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, that, that's 400 and some typed pages. And that's, you know, after you've revised it. So it's, uh, writing's, I mean, I don't want to sound like it's, you know, I mean, I have done every... Laborious, laborious, menial job on earth. I was garbage man. I was a uh, asphalt paver, uh, you know, laborer and stuff. So I'm not going to say that it's work, but it's it's not physical work, huh? It's not physical. work. No, but it's challenging, you know. And right. then, then there's that panicky thing when you're like, oh, now I got all this woven together. How am I going to end this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, all good things got to come to an end. Yeah, and they got to make sense at the end. That's yeah, absolutely. So where where do people get a hold of you? Do you have a website to buy yeah. your books, or is it yeah. on Amazon? Yeah. And, and the website isn't so much to, you know, you can buy the books. The website actually just takes you to Amazon. Um, you know, I don't sell them directly, really. Uh, the website will just describe each of the books, kind of a little synopsis of them. It's got a really good, makes me look younger than stated age picture on it that Gene Poland here in Clear Lake did for me. And, uh, uh, you know, it's got the covers on them, and, you know, people can kind of see if this is, Maybe something I'd want to read, or eh, maybe not so much. But um, it's just background on the stories, a little background on me. And it's it's easy. It's www.bandagemanpress, all one phrase, .com. And it's Bandage Man Press. That's my little publishing company. Because growing up, my, my mother, who's still alive at 92, oh, back, back in good South for Jersey, her. Yeah, she, uh, she read a book to me, I think more than any other. It was called a little golden book called Dr. Dan, the Bandage Man. And, you know, it really, Dr. Dan was, like, a dork, you know? I mean, he wore, like, white socks and dress shoes and shorts, and he went around putting... No, no, no. Now, look who has white socks on today. Yeah, I just No dress shoes, table. so... And he went around putting, like, Band-Aids on everything. But the book came with two real Band-Aids, which is, like, a big deal when you were five, you know? Sure. And, uh, you know, I think she read it to me so that I would become a physician, and apparently that has worked. So, <laughs> so in kind of deference to her, I, you know, I was, you know... Uh, I have little copies of it around Dr. Dan, the Bandage Man, so I made it Bandage Man Press. But you'd like it because the logo, which Jim Zack did for me, was uh, a guy who looks like he's holding a surfboard, except the surfboard is a Band-Aid. Ah, clever. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I told Zack it's the world's best logo, but Why it's just my it opinion. Yeah, yeah. So take us through the process, because I'm curious not as somebody that's interviewing you, but generally how to do a book, uh, you write your own, but I've had a pretty good handful of people tell me I should write my life story. Mm -hmm. It's been interesting, it's non-traditional, and it continues to be non-traditional now that I'm about your age and doing a podcast, and I have more that I will be doing, but that's just to tease everybody. So, so what's the process well, you know, there's a couple things you can do. I mean, if you if you you know are writing a instant bestseller, you know, maybe an agent will pick you up or a publishing company, and they might just as quickly drop you if your book doesn't sell. <laughs> but you know, those those stories are right around the same chances of you know being a high school athlete and making it to professional sports. Um, Self publishing has exploded, and literally anybody can have a book, can have a web page. Um, and I had a, 
had an agent, like a, a really well-known agent in New York, lovely woman named Loretta Barrett, and she, I thought we were going to go places, and then she developed a fatal illness and within a year was dead, and I, you know, I just wasn't ready to go through the whole get another agent rigmarole, and so I said, you know, look, I'm not James Patterson, you know, I'm, I, but I'm pretty good, and I'm going to write some entertaining books, and nobody's going to be the boss of me except me. Well, listen to you. Well, I was a cardiac surgeon for 30 years, man. That's what happens to you. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so You're self, in charge. self-publishing gave me that venue. And then when it was reasonably successful, I mean, when people said, you know, this is a really good book, I always got a kick when they were surprised. You know, I'm really surprised you're a really good writer. I said, well, I appreciate that, but why are you surprised? Yeah, really. <laughs> but no, but they, you know, they've, they've done reasonably well. Of course, they do really well back home, back in the, you know, in the East Coast, in the Delaware Valley, Philly, South Jersey area, because, um, you know, that's where they're set. But, you know, they won a couple awards and... Uh, but, you know, I mean, part of what keeps me going is not, it's not just the novels. I write nonfiction, I write essays, I got a big essay coming out in the literary journal here in a few weeks, and I got short stories, I'm getting a poem published, you know, I mean, I'm trying to hit to all fields here, man. Well, why wouldn't you, you know, you've, you've, you've led a successful life and career, and now you don't want to quote you, anybody to be the boss of you, so, you, you know, you're going to run after this and chase it. Yeah. Um, do you know Dr. Mendel? Dr. Martin Mendel, uh, pediatrician. Very well. Yeah, well, he just did a book. Yeah. And uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a copy, and uh, he will be on my show when he is ready. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he, he told me a lot about his journey to get his book published and, and everything in it. So, so I, I'm learning, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll write one. I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and self-publishing is very doable for the average person. I mean, you don't need to be, you know, certainly independently wealthy or have, you know, tons of discretionary cash because um, a lot of it's print on demand. It's really just getting the book ready to print, get it formatted, you know, have an editor proofread it and make suggestions, you know. I mean, we, we tend to think our writing, every word is golden, but it's often not the case. Well, it is to you because you wrote it. You wow. created it. Yeah. It's just like every mother loves her child, no matter what he looks like, how many jobs he's been, you know, yeah. because she created him. Yeah, and you do. I mean, you have a certain affection for your books, but you, you, you're not right. I mean, if you're not going to show it to anybody, that's great, but you're writing for an audience. And I, what I always wanted was this, my books would be something you'd find in a house you rented at the shore. Oh, and, sure. And somebody would read it and say, I don't know who this guy is, but this was fun. It was a fun book. So the last review I got from Kirkus Reviews, which is like a real reviewing service anyway, their, their tagline was a smart and fun detective story with a Jersey accent. I thought, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of what it is. You've lost your Jersey accent. Oh, a long time ago. Yeah, but yeah. I but I recognize it in an instant. Yeah, you know, I, I the minute somebody opens their mouth, I can tell you almost the county they came from. So, wow. Yeah. Wow, isn't that cool? Yeah. Well, we're we're kind of getting out of time here. Okay. I wanna I wanna open it up to anything you wanna say to my listeners, or any advice or. Anything you want to say? Because remember, it's my show, damn it. <laughs> what, <laughs> if you've ever heard me say that yeah, to Johnny yeah. G. What, the, only, the only advice I have is if, some, if writing, you don't have to be a writer to write. You can write for your own enjoyment. You can write and not show it to anybody. Writing is, is liberating. 
um, showing your writing to somebody is somewhat an act of bravery. Um, I can see that. And then trying to get published is, you know, uh, is an uphill climb. Um, but, you know, if you want to write, write. And if you want to write well, uh, I, I went back late in life, got a master's degree in writing when I was 60. And uh, I thought I was a good writer, and I was a good writer at the time, but they made me a much better writer. I had never gotten my big creative nonfiction piece published. I had never published four poems. I was terrified of poetry. Oh, and then wow. I thought, I read like modern poetry. It was like, eh, I could kind of do this, you know? And so, yeah, I got a fourth poem coming out in August. And I, if you'd have told me that 10 years ago, I'd have said, no way. So you don't have to be a writer to write. If you really like writing, if you're good at it, you can be better. And the way to get better is to show your work to other people who like to write and pursue a little bit of education, you know, NIAC or any other, you know, wherever you are, if there's a junior college or a college that, you know, audit a few writing courses, um, you, you, it's, it's that kind of thing. You want to get good, see what good people do and let them help make you better. Wise words from a successful retired cardiac surgeon. Dr. Dan, the Band-Aid man, is it Band-Aid or Band-Aid? Bandage. Band-Aid is a trademarked thing and we would oh, not want to go to court okay. over that one. All right. Well, thank you so much for oh, stopping by the pleasure. studio today. It was a lot of fun and um, I'm going to wish you continued success and don't wear your keyboard out. Yeah. But, oh, they sell new ones, don't they? Uh, yeah. Okay. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, at this time of the show, I usually give you my quote, which I interjected uh, since I had something to hook it up with from Dr. Dan, the Bandage Man. And I will talk to you again. Thanks a lot, Dan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bye-bye.